0: Welcome back to the Community Corner Podcast.
1: I'm Marnov and I'm Nikhil and today we're delving into a topic that's very close to our hearts, the incredible tech innovations taking place in developing countries. Mm -hmm.
0: So we often hear about tech advancements in the developed world but I think it's equally important to highlight the remarkable progress happening
1: in developing nations. For sure, so let's start by discussing how technology is actually bridging the digital divide in developing countries. So how exactly are initiatives like the one laptop per child policy making education more accessible?
0: okay so i think first of all it's really important to know what exactly the digital divide is so digital divide is a significant barrier to progress and initiatives like the one laptop per child are doing an exceptional job at leveling the playing field basically digital divide is like where a lot of developed nations or even like our underdeveloped nations or undeveloped communities even in america don't have the same access to the technology that some people in more privileged communities like where me and Nikhil live like frisco we have a a wide array of access to technology whereas someone might living in like alabama sorry for our alabama listeners or some super duper like rural community in the midwest where they just don't have the same access to technology as us that's the digital divide where we we don't we don't have the same opportunity basically
1: Mm -hmm. And so providing low-cost laptops to children in under-reserved regions isn't about just giving them access to the information. It's about nurturing the creativity for them and developing kind of those soft skills like problem-solving ability. And so it really helps to kind of empower future generations.
0: Mm -hmm. And with initiatives like the One Laptop Per Child, this creativity, problem-solving skills are being um, facilitated for every kid, giving them an equal opportunity
1: for learning and just everything overall. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's like a handful of industries that have kind of started to kind of bridge the divide here. And so one of the biggest ones I know of is like the mobile banking and the financial inclusion kind of industry. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of been a game changer in the, in many developing countries, um, you know, with innovating technology. So do you want to speak a little bit more about kind of the impact there?
0: Yeah. So obviously. A long time ago, mobile banking and even like a lot of financial inclusion in underdeveloped countries was like, a was like unthinkable, right? But as the years come and as the years go, technology is being more and more integrated within these underdeveloped countries, and I think it's just really cool and how um, specifically like financial inclusion and mobile banking is being a part of these communities. Um, for example. First of all, financial inclusion is very vital for economic growth and mobile banking. Like, for example, um, M-Pesa in Kenya has revolutionized access to financial services. And I think it's just empowering people who were previously unbanked or underbanked, allowing them to save, transfer money, and access credit through their mobile phones. Um, The banking industry in these underdeveloped countries is not just for convenience. Um, it's a means of uplifting entire communities through
1: financial inclusion so I
0: think that's just super
1: important to know Mm -hmm, for sure I know another big industry that's kind of making great strides in this area is the telemedicine and healthcare industry so if you guys don't know, I know this is not something that's heavily talked about, is telemedicine is basically something that connects patients with healthcare providers via video calls and mobile apps. So it reduces the need for long, costly trips to the hospital. So if you ever need advice on something or you know you have something going that's kind of going wrong or you're you know vitamin deficient or you're just not feeling well, you can connect with your doctor through via video call or you know mobile apps. And so that can obviously not only save you time from the travel, but also Typically, they're a little bit cheaper, and it'll save you um, kind of the time as well.
0: Exactly. Like, during COVID, for example, I think this is mainly when telemedicine became, like, a truly prominent thing. Um, Like, let's say, like, one time I got, like, super, super... I got super sick, right? And I we did we need to diagnose if it was COVID or not. And my doctor obviously wasn't really holding in-person visits at the time, so we called her from her office where she was staying at the time, and um, she diagnosed me and realized it wasn't COVID. But that initial like, but having the opportunity to even call her and talk to her and diagnose what my problem is was so important. And it's being it's being um, accessed throughout in underdeveloped nations and communities, and I think it's just really cool and how far it's grown. Um, and it's truly a game changer, right?
1: Yeah, and I know specifically in like developing countries like India, for example, organizations like East Swatia are making healthcare more accessible. So even in like literally the most remote villages that you can think of, it's not just about the healthcare, it's about saving lives and providing it to those who need most. And so basically in these remote villages they're Kinda of making more pushes for things like telemedicine, et cetera.
0: Yeah, there's this nonprofit that I'm part of called VT Seva, where we provide access to um cancer screening camps for um in underdeveloped communities like in rural tribal villages for women for early cancer detection and screening. And I think through telemedicine it's really cool how first of all we have access to like access that or knowledge that there's this is even a problem and that we're getting this out to those people who need it so that early detection is so important um, and through telemedicine we can um, screen and detect early detection for cancer just stopping the cancer detection process so much so much quicker and easier
1: yeah and another thing that's really important is the sustainability stuff you know you know, have, it's really important to kind of address the energy solutions and the the energy challenges that we're currently facing. In fact, it's one of the, you know the UN's 17 goals is to address some of those energy problems um, in this 21st century. And so, some of the kind of examples that uh, I read you know previously was there's something called the the MCoPA in East Africa, and It's basically able to, it's something that's worked by companies that's helping people clean and um, basically afford more affordable uh, types of energy. And it's about improving the quality of life for communities previously reliant on uh, kerosene lamps and diesel generators. And it's also helping kind of reduce carbon emissions And contributing to more sustainable and eco-friendly future in the area i think it's so
0: cool how technology has such a big impact on
1: such a significant industry in the
0: underdeveloped nation specifically energy right it doesn't just make it it doesn't just make it more convenient and more faster friendlier um better overall for them it's also makes it more eco-friendly and making the world a better place through it so it's like a kill two birds with one stone um, Mm -hmm. type thing i think it's just really cool
1: yeah I think like, you know, obviously we talked a lot about the positives here and I think this has been really great for the world as a whole, especially in these developing uh, economies and countries. But with all these benefactors also comes the setbacks and the challenges. So. Yep. Um, you know, what were kind of some of the the hurdles that these initiatives typically face?
0: Yeah, so obviously challenges and obstacles are going to be part of a journey no matter what. Like, Mm -hmm. nothing ever, just a cookie-cutter process, copy, paste, done, that, everything's good. So there will be obstacles around around the way, right? For example, infrastructure limitation, connectivity issues, and even, like, uh, the need for strong governmental support can be significant hurdles. Like, for example, in Sudan or South Sudan, where it's a very war-torn country, it's hard to get a lot of governmental support when they're basically sometimes isn't even a government, right? And so in underdeveloped countries like that, that it can definitely be a challenge to provide those much-needed um, technology
1: just to bring overall support to the community. Mm-hmm. And so I think overall... I think this has just been a really inspiring thing for everyone. I am very glad that we're able to be using technology for such good causes, especially in these developing countries, um, to get them kind of up to speed and up to par with some of these more developed countries. And so with that said, we'd like to put a wrap on today's episode. We hope this discussion has shed light on the inspiring tech innovations happening in developing countries and their potential to create a brighter and more equitable future.
0: Yep. These innovations are not just stories um their pathways to progress and hope for communities worldwide thank you so much for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode Peace. peace